Sacktown Sports. Headlines. I'm Simone with your Sacktown Sports headlines. Sacramento Kings wasted no time over the weekend pursuing EuroLeague MVP and Olympiacos star Sasha Vinchenkov. Sacramento has officially offered Vinchenkov an NBA contract worth part of their 12.4 million mid-level exception after clearing significant cap space last week by trading center Rashawn Holmes and the 24th pick to the Mavericks. Speaking of assets, the Atlanta Hawks are sending John Collins to the Utah Jazz, sources told ESPN on Monday. The trade creates a $25 million trade exception for the Hawks, the largest in the NBA. The Hawks are acquiring Rudy Gay and a future second-round pick for Collins. Atlanta has a year to potentially exercise the exception, and the trade cannot become finalized until next Thursday. I'm Simone. Those are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Welcome back into Cattles and Rami. Paddles and Rami. Paddles and Rami. Paddles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. All right, so Draymond Green is an unrestricted free agent. He opted out of his contract with the Warriors. And there's been a lot of talk about Draymond Green. And there's been a lot of chatter about Draymond Green possibly being a Sacramento King. And I'll tell you, I was sitting back reading and watching and listening to all of this. Late last week, over the weekend, just nonstop, nonstop, Draymond Green makes a lot of sense for the Sacramento Kings talk. One example was from our buddy Brian Windhorse on ESPN. Here's what he had to say last Friday. I want to go back to the Kings. <laughs> you got to figure out what's going on in Sacramento. You know, and, and help, um, you know, give Felton uh, credit guys. here. Felton mentioned this. Mike Brown uh-huh. is extraordinarily close to Draymond Green. Extraordinarily close. Mike Brown was the Draymond Green whisperer with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green is a free agent. They now have the money if they want to give him a premium over what he opted out of in Golden State. Okay. Now, I do believe that Draymond wants to be a Warrior. And I do believe that the trade for Jordan Poole today puts the was the Warriors in good, in good position to be able to keep their books in a fashion where they can keep Draymond and keep Clay Thompson if they both sign contracts that are pay cuts or at least mildly flat to where they are. But the Kings can now go hunting for Draymond Green if they mm. wish. And that would be extraordinarily interesting because it is the exact, exact type of player that they need. And there's a already a, already a, uh, well, you know, it'd be interesting with Sabonis. That would be interesting first practice. Um, <laughs> yeah, the fans would be, the fans would have to do something. To that would be their an extraordinarily show. interesting situation. Holy Moses. Extraordinarily. Holy Moses. Sleepy windhorse. Very breathless, yeah. Holy Moses. All right. I'm, I'm going to try to not lose my mind here, but it might be difficult. I, am I the only one that doesn't see Draymond Green as a great fit for this team? Am, am I the only one? I feel like I'm in a forest of people that are telling me how great Draymond Green would be for this team. I think it could work. Offensively, this team would be a train wreck. A train wreck. Did we not just see 
what the Warriors did against Domas in the playoffs? Did we not just see a completely hesitant DeMontis Sabonis continue to not pull the trigger on 15 to 18 foot jump shots? How in the world, unless you're telling me you're changing the entire system, you're changing the entire offense, you're changing the entire coaching staff, how in the world does Draymond Green, Domas, and De'Aaron Fox, three guys who are historically well below average shooting the three ball, how do those three guys fit within an offensive system that wants to take as many threes as humanly possible? Because you still have Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter on the floor. Okay, great. And Dr- You've got two guys. And Draymond's three-point shooting has taken a turn for the worse, but it's not. Is it that far below league average? I didn't, I didn't see what he They're not good three-point shooters. Okay. None of those three guys are good. But if you if – you, you know what's going to happen? If you had Draymond Green and Domas out there on the floor, you know what's going to happen? Every defense is going to sink back and, and tell those guys, you know what, shoot. And then you know what's going to happen then? Now you clog the paint and, and you impact De'Aaron Fox's ability to get downhill because now he's got extra bodies to deal with. I don't understand how a, a completely you know inept, for the most part, three-point shooter would make sense within this offensive structure. I, I have no idea how that would work. People keep telling me, oh, because Draymond can pass. Great, you already have Domas. Domas plays the Draymond Green role in this offense. You don't need two Draymond Greens. The Warriors don't even need two Draymond Greens. And they've got Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, two of the best shooters we've ever seen shoot the ball. How does that offense work? How does it work? Draymond Green, losing athleticism, never a great athlete to begin with, relatively speaking, within the world of the NBA. You have three guys out there that can't shoot the ball consistently from distance. Teams will just sit back and say, shoot, go ahead. I'm going to give you every 18-foot jump shot in the world to both Domas and Draymond Green. And that allows you to play extra coverage on De'Aaron Fox and extra coverage on Keegan if you need it and extra coverage on Kevin Herter. I don't know how this dude fits offensively. Yeah, he can pass the ball. Absolutely. He absolutely can pass the basketball, but, but he's not a very good shooter. Weren't we saying throughout that series that they relied too heavily on the three and that they needed to attack the rim a little bit more? I think if they, I think Domas has it in him to do more work around the rim, he just wasn't doing. And when he did during that series, he was able to he was able to do some serious damage to the Warriors for entire halves, an entire game at a time. And I think that. If you have somebody else who can do what he does as far as run the offense and distribute the ball and sort of be the the, the hub that the offense goes through, you can that frees up Domas to go and do a little bit more work around the rim when you need it. The worst thing to me, and, and I said this going back weeks ago, when we first started talking about this offseason for the Kings, the worst thing the Kings can do, in my opinion, is to overpay an aging guy. Draymond Green is 33 years old. He is declining. He's not going to get better, folks. The worst thing you can do is throw a hundred plus million dollars at somebody who was declining and is not a perfect fit for this team. If you're spending $35, $40 million a year on a guy, he better be a perfect fit. He better be somebody that I look at and go, oh, makes sense, right? Mid, mid twenties, going into his prime, he can shoot, he can play alongside. Domas, Draymond Green, every time I see this, 
I, I can't help but walk away, Rami, thinking this is 100% Draymond Green and Draymond Green's representatives and all of the people that are leaking this information. All they're doing is to try to drive up the price for Draymond Green. More bidders. All of this. Mm. If if you're picking, if you're going to pick one team in the NBA, if so let's say, if, if I'm right, I'm speculating here. I might even call it an educated guess. But let's say you're Draymond or you're Draymond's people. Is Sacramento not the perfect place to throw out there yeah. and say, oh, well, Mike Brown, best friend. Yeah, John Hollinger was connecting those dots. BFFs, a couple of times at the right? Athletic. Yeah. Because you're you're going, wait a minute. Who did the Warriors just beat in seven games in the first round? Who is 90 minutes, two hours away? So Draymond wouldn't have to dramatically change his lifestyle or totally uproot his family. Who has the coach that Draymond has a history with? This is so easy for Draymond Green and company to throw the Sacramento Kings out there as I a I wouldn't bait. be surprised if that was happening. But, I mean, the 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 dots people are connecting, whether, whether by the urging of Draymond and his people or not, the dots people are connecting are there, and they and they do make sense on a certain level, Nick. When when you look at the cat money freed up, Mike Brown being the Draymond whisperer, as as people have termed him. I mean, the the connections and the dots are there for for people to to put together. I don't think it's that crazy for 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 folks to jump to those conclusions or to start to jump to those conclusions. I don't think it's crazy, especially in NBA free agency. I don't season. think it's crazy. I just want to know the fit. Like I, I just when when the Kings hired Mike Brown and they brought in Jordy Fernandez and, and we broke down those hirings, right? We we broke down that coaching staff. And I kept saying this because this was pre Rami. It was before the draft last year. They obviously brought Brown in before the draft and all that stuff. And I remember when we were talking about it on the show, I I, I laid it out for everybody and said, Mike Brown, Jordy Fernandez. The Kings are going to run their offense through Domas. Mike Brown has an incredible history with Draymond Green, a big running offense through him. Jordy comes from Denver with Nikola Jokic. That's what makes sense. Running the offense through Domas with your head coach and your lead assistant having a tremendous amount of history and knowledge about running an offense through a big. You don't need two bigs to run your offense through. Like, this is... This is De'Aaron Fox and Domas. That's what this offense is. You're going to run your offense through those actions. You put another non-shooter out there. I just, I, I don't, I don't like the idea. I don't like the idea at all. And I see a lot of people again, and and may, they they might see it differently than me, and, and they might have some kind of of you know take that I, I haven't thought of, certainly. I, I don't think of everything. I don't know everything. Far from it. What? But I see a lot of people that I respect. What are you doing here? And appreciate, and appreciate basketball opinions. I, I appreciate their opinions about the sport. And they are even kind of saying, oh, you know, Draymond. I, I just, I don't get it. I fundamentally don't get it from a basketball standpoint. I, I really don't. And... You know, I know all the things that he brings to the table, and he does bring plenty of things to the table. But he's he's not the defender that he once was. He's not going to be the defender that he once was as he ages. His best skill is a skill that you get from Domas. 
Like, yeah, he's got histrionics and stuff. He revs up the other team and all that. Step on somebody's chest if you like, need him to. I can get a guy for $10 million who will step on chests. I, I don't need to pay a guy $35 million to, to run around and cut wrestling promos. I don't want to step on anybody's chest, but for $10 mil, Fun podcast. Show me host. the chest. <laughs> <laughs> be stomping on that like Michael Flatley. I'd be going crazy. <laughs> I don't get it. Maybe somebody else out there gets it. Maybe they disagree with me. And if you do, feel free. Send us a text. Give us a call. one nine one six three three nine eleven forty is the text line. The phone number is one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Uh YouTube, YouTube.com, Sacktown Sports eleven forty. Do you think Draymond Green is this great fit for this team? I don't. I do not think and I didn't even touch all the off the court stuff. Just on the court, I don't get the fit. But maybe I'm the guy that's all alone in this force. I don't know. 916-339-1140. Also, again, 1-800-920-1140. Your thoughts on Draymond Green and the Kings is a fit to you. Also, uh, we'll sneak in some uh, Kyle Shanahan thoughts and uh, whether or not he's already eyeing a replacement for Brock Purdy. It's coming up. Live and local in the afternoon. They always keep you on edge. Cattles. And Rami. On Sacktown Sports. Zachy. That's how I would pronounce his name. Z-A-C-H-Y-Y-Y. Zachy. On the YouTube chat. YouTube.com. Sacktown Sports 1140. In a perfect world. Monty works his magic. He signs Cam Johnson, Rui Hachimura, and Mason Plumley. Woo! That's a lot. It's a lot of magic. It's also a lot of money <laughs> that the Kings don't have. Uh, Cam Johnson's going to cost you like twenty-five to thirty million. There isn't like a second room exception. <laughs> no, there's like a basement exception. It's the uh, wait a minute. We have more exception. Is that- <laughs> Uh, Fox, Herter, Johnson, Rui, Sabonis, Mitchell, Monk, Edwards, Lyles, Plumley. Look, I like I love Cam Johnson. He's near the tops of my list as guys that I'd go after. Uh, I, I I like Rui Hachimura. I, I like that deal for the Lakers when a lot of people were pooping on it, telling me Rui Hachimura is not a good player. There are a lot of people going, oh, Rui's not going to make that much of a difference. Played pretty well in my eyes. In the playoffs, he was pretty dependable. Um, Plumley. I, I talked about Plumley last year at the deadline. Yeah, you were all over that. I'm a fan of Plumley as well. But you just don't have enough to bring all those guys in. What if we use the mid-level bonus trade draft exception clause? Mm. Hmm. Now you're confusing. There's always that. To drive them off the road. The one thing about Cam Johnson, too, that you got to think about. I saw somebody tweet about this earlier. I don't, I don't remember who it was. But somebody tweeted it was a great point. You know, Cam Johnson, he's restricted. So if you go after somebody like that, and this happened with like Zach Levine, right, years ago. They they you know signed him to an offer sheet, and then Levine, whoop, see you later. Didn't work out. Well, when you when you sign, say say you want Cam Johnson, right? If he's theoretically, hypothetically, Cam Johnson is Monty McNair's apple of the eye. He loves Cam Johnson, wants Cam Johnson, is ready to pay Cam Johnson. You have to offer Cam Johnson a ton of money, which you certainly can do. But you also have to wait like three days for the Nets to say we're going to match that or not. Right. And as you're sitting there for three days, 
guess what's happening? Market's drying up. Yes. Yeah. Guys are signing elsewhere. So if you if you're gonna offer a ton of money to Cam Johnson, you best know that Cam Johnson is going to be a king. Right. Because if you swing and miss, you might have just swung and missed on several guys because other guys are talking and working on deals with other teams. So if you're you know, your plan B, you might not be able to get to plan B if Cam John if you're sitting there for three days and then the Nets say we're gonna match. You might not get to C D E or F. So that's the one thing about Cam. I love Cam Johnson. Love myself some Cam Johnson. I, I just that's a big risk. If you yeah, if you don't land him, then you have all of this cap space and you might not have been able to use any of it. Uh this also happened while I was gone. Patrick Donaldson chatted into the YouTube chat about uh Herder and Murray saying they both shot forty or forty one percent from three. What do you think about the Warriors picking up CP three? He'll turn thirty nine later this year. Well, I was not a big fan of the CP3 trade for the Warriors. I might end up totally wrong, and it wouldn't be the first time. But defensively, that team is going to stink. Like, if if their plan, I was driving around listening to Mark Spears last week, right when that trade was made, and Spears said that the plan for the Warriors is that CP3 is going to start. He's not going there to come off the bench. And that they're going to go ultra small. So you'd go CP3, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green would be your five. Oof. That team's going to get roasted defensively. Yes. Roasted. Steph Curry playing two guards and wings? Yeah. Um, no, they're going to be drastically undersized. CP3 is not the same guy he was defensively as he was years ago. Again, he's 39 years old. I, I think I think Chris Paul will understand the situation. I didn't get that trade when they made it either, Nick. You know, I don't understand it. Because some people will say, oh, well, you know, he's always been the guy. It's always been his team, which is true. Like, Chris Paul hasn't been the best player on his team all the time. But Chris Paul has a very dominating personality. And there is the argument, and I, I think you have to at least think about this if you're Mike Dunleavy. There is the argument that if you if you have CP3 and you bring back Draymond Green, whew, that's a, a lot of headspace in that locker room. And they don't like each other. They're, I mean... Dominating some personality. Audio, some audio surfaced after after the trade from Draymond's podcast of him saying, I don't like CP3. Like, this isn't some WWE type thing or, or some competitive fire that just, like, him and LeBron are good friends. You know what I mean? We've seen incidents between Draymond and, and LeBron on the court. They're good friends. They hang out. They go to each other's weddings and stuff like that. He straight up does not like CP3, and I think... The feeling is mutual, so we'll we'll see how that turns out. Neither does Steph Curry, too. It's been public for years. People have said, like, Steph is one of the nicest mm-hmm. people in the world and also really hates Chris Paul. Really just doesn't like Chris Paul. See, I thought I heard that they, they kind of grew up and knew each other a little bit. I thought I heard Mark Spears talk about that, that they, that they know each other Steph pretty well. Steph and uh, CP3? Yeah, that they know each other pretty well. Yeah, they're well. both Carolina boys. And but... they have a pretty good relationship. That was what Mark Spears had said that I heard during the interview. I don't know. I don't have any. I don't have any doubt that Steph will subjugate his ego, and if he thinks it's best for the team, he will do it. He did right. it for Kevin Durant. He he will do it. He will. You know, he'll he'll change his game a little bit. He'll modify it a little bit. But that's a small team, man, and it's very interesting, right? Because you look at the two teams in the finals. What was the common the common link? Both those teams are pretty big, and Denver's huge. So it looks like the league is starting to trend towards big skilled players. And that trade for CP3 goes in the exact opposite direction for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. 
Again, it might work out. Mike Dunleavy might look like a genius, but it's fascinating to go small, older, and more injured. And that's what they did. Can Chris Paul even make it through a season? I mean, all you've got Clay who has an injury history. Paul has a big injury history. Curry has a big injury history. Yeah, good luck with that. I mean, that, that could end up being uh, a mess in that kind of situation. Text line 916-339-1140. I asked you, uh, maybe you could tell me why Draymond Green's a fit. Draymond grabs rebounds and plays defense, which is something the Kings need. I also don't think anyone is advocating paying Draymond 35 to $40 million. Well, here's the deal, man. You're going to have to pay him more than $30 million a year. I don't know if anybody, I don't know how many people are advocating for it actively, but that's, if you want the player, you got to pay the market. Mm-hmm. I know it's been a while since the Kings have had this kind of cap space. This is how it works. If you want a guy, you got to pay the guy. Like Draymond, if he goes back to the Warriors, have no issue paying Draymond twenty-five to thirty million a year. No issue Thank whatsoever. You, chicken. No issue whatsoever. He's not going to leave Golden State for a couple of extra million dollars, folks. If he's serious about leaving Golden State, you're going to have to pay him five to seven million dollars a year, probably above what Golden State's willing to pay him. So if Golden State's willing to pay him around $30 million, you better be ready to, have, to to offer about $35 million a year for Draymond Green. You're not getting Draymond Green at $20 million a year. It's I, not happening. I think John Hollinger in the uh, in his top 25 free agents article, and he, he put a value on each guy, I think he had him in the mid-20s. I think it was 24 or 25. And he said the deal would probably start in the $21 million range, and then escalate over the years, get up to about 27 and average 24 over the course of it. So I still think there are much better fits out there than Draymond Green for, yeah. for 20 to 25. I, sa- I said he wasn't at the top of my of my list, but I also wouldn't be I also wouldn't be upset if if that's who they ended up with. And look, may- maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I think Draymond is going to be able to get about 25 from Golden State. Which means you're going to have to go up to around thirty at least for mm-hmm. Draymond. You might you might pay a little bit under that, maybe give or take a million, but you're looking at around thirty million a year, I think, to get him. And that would not excite me. That would not excite me. I, I don't think that's a we added Draymond Green now. Watch out, because again, I don't think he's a great fit offensively for this team, especially with what they want to do. Not just the money; it's the fit. Not just the age; it's the fit. Not just the attitude, it's the fit. A lot of things to me against that signing. He'd be way down at the bottom. I I don't even have him on the page, honestly. He's on my list. Not at the top, but he's on my list. He didn't make it. I hate to tell him. I'm sure he's crushed by that. Yeah, he's devastated. I'm sure Draymond will lose sleep he's that not he did not make for my the list. Visit no chance to leverage Sacramento. Sorry, Dre, if I can call you Dre. Sorry, buddy. Money green. He lost a, he lost a cattle's vote. That's mm. it. Now he knows it's not going to crushing happen. for yeah. him. All the things he's had to go through in his Here career. He's trying to drive up the market, and you're just hacking him off at the knees. I shut him down. Yeah, you did. This might, this might rock him. He might never be the same guy after hearing this. Yeah. Good. Might shut down the podcast. I'm fine with that. Just never talk again. Keith Smith joins us to discuss what should be a crazy week in the NBA coming up next. With you one mile at a time during the afternoon drive. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. All right, let's head to the phones. And joining us right now, 
on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop, is our friend Keith Smith from Spotrack and the front office show. Keith, thank you for joining us. It is much appreciated, my friend. Uh, a very busy week coming up here, but let's start with the news today. John Collins finally traded uh, from the Hawks uh, for almost nothing. Your thoughts on what Utah is putting together down there, Keith? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out from the Jazz's side. They've obviously got uh, one of the bigger front courts. They've got Walker Kessler and Laurie Markinen, and you're adding John Collins to that group. I know some people have thought it's weird, you know, with Markinen already there, but he has mostly played the three the last two seasons between Cleveland and Utah, and that's what they envision him as. So they're going to have a very big front line, pretty good front line, too, especially if Collins can rediscover his shot. Uh, he, he shot well his first five years and then really fell off last year after a finger injury. So that gets right, and his shot comes back. That's going to be a really nice pickup for the Jazz, who still have about $28 million in cap space to spend even after acquiring Collins. You know, the Rashad Holmes types of moves that we saw the Kings make on draft night, that, that's, that's not unusual. We've been seeing that for a long time of teams trying to just dump salary and, and guys who aren't living up to those contracts. But this, this John Collins deal, along with Bradley Beal, the second deal in about a week – where quality players are getting traded, and it seems like just to get the contract off the books. With this new CBA, are we going to see more and more of that, Keith? Yeah, we absolutely are. I mean, this is the new uh, CBA in play in that second tax apron, which I like to call the super tax coming in play it's really going to hammer that those most expensive teams because you're so limited if you're over that amount this year they gave everybody kind of a grace period the intention was get your stuff in order right you know shed some salary bring your salary down and then you had teams like the Phoenix Suns who said that sounds good let's go right past it and use this grace period year to add a whole bunch of salary for the last time so it really is you know an interesting kind of messy situation where the league is trying to induce parity by bringing the expensive teams down, the less expensive teams up. But, you know, some of these teams, as long as they're willing to pay those penalties and they feel like they can fill out their rosters through minimum signings, draft picks, re-signing their own guys, they're going to keep doing it. So we're going to see, you know, how this all plays out over the span of the next couple of years. Keith Smith with us here, Cattles and Rami, Sacktown Sports. Keith's from Spotrack in the front office show. Keith, Damian Lillard had a meeting today with Portland between he and his agent, does he finally ask out, Keith? You know, I have no idea what's going to happen there. I don't know that anybody does. It's starting to feel like we've all been friends with that couple where it's like all they do is, like, they don't want to be together anymore, and everybody kind of knows it, but neither one wants <laughs> to be the bad guy and end it, right? That's what it feels like with Portland and Sac- or Portland and Damian Lillard, rather. At this point, it feels like they're kind of in a spot where it's like, ah, you know, I don't want to be the one to ask out of this, and you know, everybody will hate me. And it's like, well, you know, no, I think we'd all rather we just move on and let this stop being a thing. So it's just, you know, we're a decade into this. Hasn't really worked out. I think now would be the time if there's any. They have Scoot Henderson, they have Shaden Sharp. They could really pull the trigger on a full-scale rebuild and be in pretty good place. But, you know, until Damian Lillard probably says, now I want out, I don't know that Portland's going to be the ones to say, we're sending you out of here. You know, I, I saw in, in your article over at Spotrack.com the, the list of cap space teams. And Sacramento Kings smack dab in the middle with thirty five, just over $35.5 But what separates them from all the teams around them, both above and below, is they're a playoff team, Keith. We're talking about the third seed in the Western Conference with $35.6 million. Obviously, 
that's not the norm. They're the only playoff team in that group this year. On a year-to-year basis, how unusual is it for a team that finishes as high as the third seed to be among the leaders in cap space? Yeah, it's pretty unusual. Normally that happens if some young team comes to prominence way earlier than expected, and it's a team that's like loaded down with rookie-scale contracts and the like. Then we'll see that every once in a while. Boston got there a few years back um, where, where they had a bunch of cap space, and it was because they just didn't have any long-term big salaries on their books. So for the Kings to be there. Now, to be clear, to get to that number, it means renouncing Harrison Barnes. And we'll find out, you know, are they going to you know, do that? Are they not going to do that? You know, what's that going to look like? You know, are they going to bring him back on a lower number and still have money to spend? We'll find that all out here over the last couple of days. But what I've been saying to everybody is you don't just move Rashawn Holmes just to move him with the idea of, you know, or let me rephrase, without the idea of something you might be able to do, you know, by creating that kind of cap space. So that's going to be what's really interesting to see what the Kings have planned here over the next several days. Keith Smith is with us here on the uh, Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Keith, uh, there have been some rumblings around here about Kyle Kuzma, and the thought is he might get as much as $30 million a year. Could you see that happening, or is that going to be a little too high for him? It feels like a little high. I don't know that it'll get to 30 but I think he may get, you know, somewhere north of 25. Um, you know, it's what's, what's important that everybody remembers is you hear 25 million or you hear 100 million over four years, something in that range. And all of a sudden, everybody kind of goes to, oh, my God, that's way too much money for player X. But that's not reframing you know, where the salary cap has gone and where it's headed to. You know, pretty soon, $25 million is going to be, you know, a fifth of the salary. I mean, we're already there. It's already less than a fifth of the cap. You know, pretty soon it'll be about a sixth and then eventually an eighth. I mean, the cap is only continuing to rise. So we're going to see this turn into something here where all of a sudden, you know, like guys like Kyle Kuzma are getting these bigger deals than what people are used to. It always takes a little bit. Over on Spot Track, what we've done is we've added percentage of cap to every single salary to help hopefully as people look at that it reframes their thinking a little bit when when you look at the free agent market and, and you look at the money that the kings freed up a lot of people are connecting the dots of draymond green and the sacramento kings much to the chagrin of my co-host nick does <laughs> does does that equation add up to you keith I mean, I get it, right? And that happens every year at this time of year. People start looking for, oh, you know, his old coach is there, or an owner, or a GM, or, you know, teammates, or his, you know, best friend from kindergarten is playing <laughs> on that team and those kind of things. And it's sometimes there's truth to it, right? Sometimes we do see guys follow people to other teams, but then other times we land in a spot where that doesn't really it's not really a thing, right? Where, where these guys are, you know, kind of in a spot where it's like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, better off where I am. I tend to think Draymond Green, he was always going to opt out because at the end of the day, he wants to add more years and guaranteed money to his contract. And I tend to think he's going to look at it with the Warriors and say to himself, you know, Hey, my best bet is to just keep this thing running. The Warriors are going to do the same. My guess is it ends up a three-year contract to align him with Stephen Curry. And then they both get, you know, chase, chase titles right to the end together. Keith, Nas Reed was a name that I was looking at for the Kings. Made a lot of sense to me. His fit alongside Domas. He stays in Minnesota now, about $14 million a year. What's this do to the big man market this week? 
Yeah, it's going to be a little messy for sure. There are some other options out there. You know, we'll see who wants to move out of guys like Brooke Lopez, Nikola Vucevic, and a handful of guys a little further down, guys like Dwight Powell and the like, Christian Wood. So we'll see. You know, there's definitely going to be movement that still happens in the big man market, but it's it's a it's not a great free agent class across the board. And there's been this sense around the league, unless you have a really good center or one that really fits a specific need for you. you, you need a stretch five or you need a rim protector, ideally a combination of the two or a rebound or whatever it is, you don't pay them. You, you just let that be a position where, yeah, we'll snag somebody at the minimum or just above and we keep, keep it moving. So we're going to see, you know, how that comes together here. But it, it, it's not a bad center class, but it's not a great one either. How shaky is the situation in Philadelphia? And if they don't get it right this year, their their relationship with Joel Embiid moving forward. Yeah, it's going to get super messy coming up here because what's going to happen is I think you're going to see if they lose James Harden and the team takes a major step back and it doesn't seem like they have a great way out of it or something, I think what you're going to see happen is then Joel Embiid is going to start asking questions. And he'll be like, you know, the next guy, much like, you know, we've seen, um, you know, several others. He, he, he'll be the next guy to kind of say, Hey, you know, maybe it's time for me to go somewhere else too. And he'll he'll be approaching that decade period of time, you know, with the Sixers and the like. So that's going to be really interesting to watch that play out too, because we generally tend to get to these points where stars are content to stay where they are as long as they're contending. But the minute the contention starts to go go away, then they're ready to move on. His name is Keith Smith, Spot Track Front Office Show as well on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Keith, always great to have you on. It's going to be a very busy, fun week. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. There goes uh, Keith Smith with some great stuff. Uh, so, look, you know, Kyle Kuzma, Keith says, maybe not $30 million a year. Maybe a little bit lower than that. But mid to high 20s, probably will get there. Draymond Green, Keith thinks that Green is going to stick with the Warriors on probably a three-year deal to align with Steph Curry's timeline, which is also interesting. And the big man market is something that I think we all got to pay attention to because I think all of us agree that the Kings need more depth at that position and who's going to be available and how much is that person going to be asking for. Nas Reed off the market, that's going to have the trickle-down effect. So we'll see how all that shakes out. But I think it's going to be a very, very busy week. Very, very busy. You think? Yeah. NBA free agency week? Yeah. Busy? Probably a good bet, Rami. I don't know. Probably a good bet. Uh, All right, well, we're going to overreact on this Monday coming up next. It's Monday. And we all have an opinion on what happened. Let's get a reaction. Are you ready to crown a champ yet? That team's unbelievable. It's the best team I've seen in years. Has your favorite team thrown in the towel? They're horrible. Overreaction Monday. All right, let's get to our uh, overreactions on this Monday. Thanks for being with us as always. I'll start off. So uh, this past weekend, Rami, mm-hmm. will be the last time that I'll be outside for like the next three months. Because if you haven't seen the weather for this weekend, it's going to be up to like 105 on Saturday. So th- absurd. This last I was outside Saturday and Sunday, and told the it. wife... That'll be it. Yeah, told the wife, we got to get this in now because it's it's fixing to be about 105 for the next <laughs> month and a half, two months. What if I invited you over for a pool day? That's, mm. 
Too hot for a pool does day? The, does the pool have shade over it? Does um, it have some kind of... Yeah, for most of the day it does. From like 11 to 2, it's just all... It's all sun, It's all in the sun. But then like, you know, the way the sun moves okay. over the building. Yeah, yeah you can I find mean, shade as, on one side of the pool if you As want. long as there's a little bit of shade and as long as nobody gets weirded out that I, I wear a, a, a shirt... When I'm in the pool, because in the pool, yeah, because my body, is, my body doesn't do well, dude. I will burn. <laughs> what do you? I will burn even in the water. Yes, you can't burn underwater. Yes, you can. I've yeah, done of it. Of course, you can. Well, I don't burn, so I don't know. I guess I'm see. See? I guess I'm speaking out of pocket see? here. Yeah, I don't. For burn. someone like me who burns easily, yeah. Let uh, the pasty it, people talk about how it getting gets burned bad. underwater. I'd have to have a hat on. I'm like a 65-year-old dude. i got to have a hat on and a shirt on. You know, when we were in Vegas, there was there was this dude at the pool who had on cargo shorts Whoa. And, and a long-sleeved shirt <laughs> in the pool. And I was like, who, who is this? The long-sleeved shirt dramatic. And he had on a bucket hat, too. Like He wasn't going under. He wasn't submerging himself in the water. He was only going like up to his. But the, the long-sleeved shirt, fully drenched. Is that because he didn't want to get sunburned? I thought he was just a weirdo. I don't I know. know. You I, could I don't get know burned the man. underwater. If no, I had no man. idea. He is in fact a weirdo. Okay. But I also understand why. Why? Okay. Why do you think you don't get burned underwater? I don't burn at all. You think the water has like uh, UV ray protection? I, like, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that the sun rays could penetrate. We're the all water. having our moment today. Okay. Could penetrate the the water and burn your skin like that. I was going to say, is this just something I know because I grew up in San Diego? But no, Rami's just being dumb. I just don't. I don't burn, so I don't know these things. Sunburn has never been something I really had to consider. Well, yeah. I just crisp up. I get that. It's like uh, you you don't... pay a ton of attention to it because right. you don't have to worry about it. Exactly. But I have to worry about it. Exactly. Everyone should be wearing sunscreen, though. That is true. I should? Yes, Rami. <laughs> I thought that was just... <laughs> Dude, I've had, I've had like... Uh, it's, it's I've had prevent, blisters and yeah, stuff before. Yeah, it's to prevent skin cancer. You do have to still wear sunscreen when you're melanated. My skin, mm. not a fan of the sun. Huh. Even though I have a, some Italian in me and all that, still not a fan of this. See, I sweat a lot. I My might, arms I might are get okay, a headache, but, but sunburn, like actual painful sunburn, never been a thing. Oh, man. Never been a thing. I've, had, I've had some bad But I should wear sunscreen still, huh? Yes. Dude, I had one everyone, when I was- Everyone. Everyone. When I was younger, and I was on the all-star team in baseball, mm-hmm. and so it was Humble right break. in the middle. Yeah. Not really. Let me- uh-huh. I, I have to include that it was the time of the year, Rami. Right. And it'll make sense in a minute. So- you know, you're talking about like mid-August or whatever it is, like you know, late July to mid-August, and uh, it's brutal because I had to put like this lotion stuff on, and, <laughs> and like I literally had to have somebody put the jersey on me because I could, like it was awful, and I had to try to play baseball with like blisters and the worst burn of all time. Brutal. Damn. I don't know why I'm laughing. But. I didn't have it as bad as this other dude, Luke, on the team who passed out and left field. Jesus. Yeah, he had heat stroke. Good Lord. Playing at 125 degrees? Jeez. Our coach was hardcore, man. He left us out there. We had to drag him into the... uh... (laughs) I mean, if he plays outfield, he plays outfield. You can't get him out of the sun. He he just plopped. It was practice. Oh. Imagine that, too. It was practice. Wait, we're talking about practice? Yeah, we're not even talking about a game. (laughs) We're talking about practice. We ain't even talking about a game. We're not even talking about a game. No. We're We're talking talking about about practice. practice. Yeah. Wow. Practice. Dude had heat exhaustion. It practiced. collapsed. We had to pull him into the. We had to like 
carry him to the not dugout. Not for a game. Not for a game. Not for the game he no. loves. Not for a game. No. That, not for the game he loves. For practice. For practice. And, like, coach said, keep it moving. Like, let's go through our drills. Yeah, we kept it moving. Oh, my God. Hit the cutoff, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to remember his last. Why don't I remember his last? Oh, Luke Stedman was his name. His name was Luke Stedman. And he just right down. But, like, we got to address that. Like, coach wasn't even, he's coach just didn't even see him. He's just cooling off. He'll be fine. Yeah. Not a good day for him. Wow. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. We are. Yeah. That's, what the, that's exactly what the coach was talking about. Wow. All right. When I made the All-Star game, I was fine. Just so we're clear. Wow. <laughs> Broke my finger playing in an All-Star game one time. <laughs> Is it time for my overreaction? Sure. All right. How about it? Baseball's back, baby. Can we all agree? Baseball, not just America's pastime, but now the world's pastime, if, if we're being real about it. Cubs and Cardinals played a series in London. I didn't see it, but apparently there was some kind of performance by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys that had two billion impressions. Why didn't you watch on, it? On the social medias, because I wasn't getting up that early. I saw some of uh, the game on Saturday. The game on Sunday started at 7 a.m. local time. and uh, No. Uh. On Sunday? No, nah, I ain't waking up at 7. And John Heyman tweeted this out today. MLB attendance is up 7.8% uh. over last year. He says, got to think new rules are a big help. Surprise contenders can't hurt either. And I think he's when you look at both the American League and the National League, Nick, a lot of a lot of fan bases with uh dreams of postseason baseball dancing through their heads, like within striking distance of a wild card spot at the very least. And I think that does keep more people interested and more people coming out to the yeah. ballpark and turning on their TVs and their radios and whatnot. I was kidding about the thing over in London. That was stupid and they shouldn't have done that. Oh. But um yeah, oh. but uh, here in America People paying attention to the baseball again a little bit. A little bit. The baseball's popular again? Is that what you're telling me? Back, baby. Well, with teams in striking distance of the playoffs, I know you're not talking about your or my, you or my teams. Mm. I mean, we're in striking distance. Red Sox just good enough to float along and tread water at <laughs> Wow, we're all in the same boat right now. Yeah, the, just treading along. The Giants, too, yeah. Red Sox, Keeping Giants, Cubs, and Padres all just treading water. Right there. We're heating up, though. We're heating up. Right there. I'm Bloom, folks. I'm Bloom. Uh, I'll, I'll throw another one at you. Throw right? another one at me, Nick. Chris Paul is the final nail in the coffin of the Warriors dynasty. Wow. It's over. Wow. Mm. He, mm. he is mm. going to ruin mm. it fully. Still think they might have like a year or two left until Chris Paul showed up. Now it's over. Just like the music behind us. I thought this Done. was I thought this was an indication of one more year. Like they gave up on the whole transitioning dynasty. Oh, I know what they think it's going yeah. to be. Oh, so but you're saying but I'm it's, giving you the reality. It's a wrap. Nail okay. in the coffin. It's over. Yeah, I don't I don't see it working, man. Would it be great to see Steph Curry and Chris Paul get into a fight on the that court? would be wow. glorious. Yeah. That would be outstanding. Yeah. Or Draymond. Steph's got the reach, I think, right? Yeah, Draymond and Chris Paul, different weight classes. No chance. That, no chance. No you chance. You know what? They're, they're really going to try and get that CP like moment of him laughing at Kerr again. That's what they're really gunning for this year. You guys know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, oh, the fake laugh yes. thing. Yeah, yes, that yes, became yes. A, that they're became be, a gif and yes, a meme. Yeah, be I know all what you're talking about this year. I don't know what Kyle's talking about. My Cubs are five and a half out. <laughs> 
that second wild card spot. Hey, it's it, you know, there's more than half a season left to play. Five treading half, water, baby. That's nothing. I, I know my Padres are lower six than that, and a half, too. And they're six and a half out. That's a striking of, A lot distance. of baseball left, Rami. That is striking distance. A lot of baseball. Hey, so look, if, baseball left. if the Red Sox were in the AL Central, they'd be in first place. Yeah, that's a brutal. So Instead, that. they're in the AL East and in last place. It's a brutal division. That division. One game over 500. Mm. <laughs> Minnesota Twins. That division. Are your division mm. leaders. Oh, my God. I've been saying for four years they should disband the AL Central. <laughs> <laughs> AL Central, AL East, brutal for Relegation. completely different reasons. Yeah, it's the AFC South of baseball. <laughs> wow. NL Central for your Cubs, Rami. Not not much better though. No, I mean that's but why Ellie Dela Cruz, baby. The Reds all of a sudden overreaction. The Reds are going to win the National League. The Reds beautiful probably going to win that division. They keep doing this. They won 12 straight at one point, didn't they? I think they're still on a 12-game winning streak, are they not? No, it got snapped this oh, okay. weekend. I think they lost two in a row, too. Oh. So there's over. your... Uh, there's, there's another overreaction. It's terrible. all over for the yeah, Reds. Yeah, they're Don't. terrible. Sacramento, there's your Reds talk for the day. I know you were dying to get it. <laughs> there it is. Meanwhile, the Braves are on pace to win like 107 games and no one's paying attention to them. They're just m- moving right along. Just mowing down. Coming up next, would you pay Kyle Kuzma $30 million a year? 